Hello and welcome to another episode of North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me as always, I have Jer, Alex, and Liam. A reminder, this podcast is brought to you by you, with your support at the Patreon at patreon.com slash run. Thank you so much. We could not do this without you. Guys, you ready to talk about some magic cards? Oh boy. Let's start us off with our opening segment, the best card you're not playing. Up today, we have Jer. What's your secret tech? Regal Behemoth. Hey, I know this one. Ha! I played it against you. <laughs> or was it Liam? Uh, it didn't go well yeah. either way. You, you, you played it against Maybe Liam. both. This card's sweet. All right, tell uh, us about it. Yeah, so it's a six mana, five, five, four green, green. Yep. A creature lizard. Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's being errated to dinosaur or not. Uh, hmm. It's got it has. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, wow. it is a dinosaur. From Get it in your dino side. tribal decks. I mean, uh, I hope it has trample. When it enters the battlefield, you become the commander. monarch. Yeah. Which Conspiracy, is, not which commander. Which is the the main reason you're you're playing this card. Uh -huh. And then it also says whenever you tap a land for mana while you're the monarch, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Oh yeah. So it mana it turbo mana flares you for any color. That's while pretty only sweet. while you're the monarch, but it's a five five trampler. It's pretty good at getting the monarch back if you lose it. Oh yeah, just uh, straight through. Everything. So the reason that this card's super good is often the the big ramp targets don't have a lot of val lasting value if they just die to a removal spell mm -hmm. and getting the monarch is one of the single best things you can do against control decks to just briefly explain uh, the monarch <laughs> is a state uh that is called into existence if a card specifically references it and one player can have it at a time it's like an emblem um and it says at during your end step you draw a card and then if you take um combat damage the player who hit you uh, becomes the monarch. Yeah. And so, as I was saying, the, re the reason this card's so good is because it gives you a, a really nice ramp target that does something as soon as it enters. It furthers your ramp plan. Six mana is like a kind of nice, like, medium slot for a ramp deck. I know that sounds crazy, but no, I the, ramp, the ramp decks in this format go real big real yeah. fast. Yeah. And so, like, you're casting this on turn three or four most of the time. And then next turn, it lets you cast anything in your deck. Turn three with this thing? Well, when you always draw the Black Lotus, it does help. <laughs> yeah, even, like, even like Grim Monolith. Yeah, there there are lots of ways to enable this. Like, <laughs> even if you go like an enchant an uh, an enchant land uh, ramp spell plus a land untapper, it's pretty hard to miss on six mana with. By turn four, like, by, turn, by turn three is like pretty early for this. Yeah. Even turn three, if you just go land Utopia Sprawl, turn two, you go Voyaging Seder, then you play a third land. That's six mana. Dang. Yeah. And some hotness. All right. Let us... Oh. Judge. Hi. Judge question. Go on. Yeah. We have a couple. This is more of a more of a surprise, uh, more of a judge pop quiz. Mm. Perfect. There are, on paper, four ways to become the monarch, mm -hmm. two of which are not relevant for Highlander. Um, Alex mentioned two of them, playing a card... Uh, that says you become the monarch or dealing combat damage with a creature to the monarch, what are the two that aren't relevant in Highlander? Uh, I don't know. If you eliminate a player who was the monarch, you become the monarch? No. Oh, damn. Wasn't there another mechanic, which is... Dethrone, but that just cared about the person with the highest life. Okay, goal. so it's not dethrone. <clears throat> if if somebody know. gets eliminated, does it pass to the next player in the player order? Uh, if you are the active player... When the monarch leaves the game, ah, you're close. You become okay. the monarch. I was on the right track. Okay, that's number three. What's number four? Well, what if the active player is also the monarch? 
Then it then it just moves ah. to the next player in turn order. Ah, yeah. all right, all right. So one, that was one yeah. of them. Yeah. Once once there is a monarch, there always Must is until the game yeah, is over. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That was one and two. Kind also of worth noting together. the monarch. Uh, not not well printed. Don't know how this one got by <laughs> the editors. Yeah. If you will look at it, it says at beginning right. your end step draw a card. Yeah, it's yeah. draw a card. Sorry, right. they they didn't yes. miss two of the important words, but there's an of missing there. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about today's <laughs> theme. Uh, today we want to talk about. The one that got away. The, yeah, near the misses. Ones that we never got to. Things that are are so close. Things that we wanted to do in Highlander, uh, and 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 just felt just just oh so close, short of the mark. So the first thing we want to talk about is a deck that we've always wanted to build uh, that we feel isn't quite there yet. And and if you got it, we're going to talk about a powerful fail, a moment where we were <laughs> so close to having that moment, only to see it slip away. Uh, so, Jer, why don't you start us off? What is a deck you've always wanted to build that you think is so close but not quite there? It's a deck I've been talking about building for a little while. It's yeah. a five-color cycling. <laughs> so this is a deck that plays up 50 to 55 cards with the cycling mechanic. And the payoff <laughs> cards are cards like Twilight's Call. All right, uh, so give us an example. Like, what is Twilight's Call? All right, Twilight's Call is four black black for a sorcery. Um, uh, you make it's one of the the uh, cards in the cycle like route where you may cast it anytime you can play an instant if you pay two more to cast it. Oh, okay. And this I is this is basically living death sands the the wrath part of living death. So you want to cycle all your creatures into the graveyard and then cheat them back into yeah. the okay. twilight. So this is this is one way you can win because a large portion of your your cyclers are creatures. Yeah. Uh, and then there are a few other ways to win, which are, which are the, the Cycling Matters cards. Mm -hmm. So you're playing cards like Drakehaven. You're probably familiar with that if you the play in Standard. Yeah. It's a two and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, you can pay one. If you do, create a 2-2 two -two Drake with flying. Totally. And then in the in the, along the same line, you have Lightning Rift and Faith of the, the Devoted. which like the old ones. Well, fa Faith of the Devoted is a, a new one as well. I it's, thought Lightning Rift was Lightning Rift sold. Yeah, okay. Um, so this this one's same same sort of thing as Drake Haven, except it doesn't have the if you discard a card. It's only if you cycle a card. Whenever any player cycles a card, actually, Ooh. you may pay one. If you do, you can shock a creature or player. And then Faith of the Devoted is two and a black enchantment. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, you may pay one. If you do, drain for two. Ooh, this wow. one's really good because it gives you a nice life buffer and it actually. Let's you race if you have enough mana or one of the the engine cards and the two engine cards in the deck are new perspectives and fluctuator. Okay, you're gonna have to go over both of those. Oh, What's new perspective? It's this one's five, a little more normal. Five and a blue for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw three cards. Okay. As long as you have seven or more cards in hand, you may pay zero oh. rather than pay cycling costs. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's that's the real reason you're paying this card. It's a huge cost, but the mana it saves you is insane because every time every time you cycle a card, you're card neutral. So, so it just lets you do it as much as you want. And if you have one of these yeah, payoff okay. cycling cards in play, it lets yeah. you go absolutely nuts. Right. This is what really makes it possible. Before it seems kind of like a cute synergy, but this takes it to that next level. And, and right. The other engine card, Fluctuator, is a two mana artifact and says cycling cards cost cost you two two generic less to play. Which for some of them is free. Lots of them, it's yeah. free. Are, are you interested in a foil? Fluctuator? I have a regular. Not really. So, this sounds sweet. Why isn't it there? What is it missing? I think it's just missing 
probably a couple cards from each category just to really... So what are, yeah, what are the categories? So uh, there's, there's enough cyclers, there's enough cards with cycling. You can definitely get, have some upgrades, like a lot of the cards you're never casting. Um, Your jungle fair. weavers of the world. <clears throat> That's like easily mid-tier. <laughs> you're playing much okay. worse ones than jungle weaver. Um, but you're really missing a couple payoff cards and a couple engine cards. The one nice thing about this deck is that it's really easy to keep hands because you see so much of your deck. Sure. And, and that's the reason that made me want to build it after the they released Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation is because I thought there might be enough even, even if because there hadn't been that many cycling sets, just because you're able to see so many, so much of your deck. Yeah. But because of the 100-card singleton nature, it's hard. So you really want, like, two to three more payoff cards, like, let's say, when you cycle a card, do do something good. or And you really want, like, another one or two engine cards, which, which is, like, act like the fluctuator or new perspectives that let you just go nuts when you have them in play. Could you play cards that would gain you access to this? Like, if you put uh, your, your points into, like, tutors, would that help that at all? That's a good call. What would your points be? Yeah. You're, you definitely want to play Enlightened Tutor in the deck because it's a really cheap tutor that gets you either a payoff card or, like, any almost any of your payoff cards sure. and almost any of your engine cards. Mm. Uh, the only thing it doesn't get you is a living death effect. Um, mm. But you can, you can play a card like Mode if you're playing Enlightened Tutor, like... You don't have to be all in on cards that are cycling or care about it. You do have to play some good cards. Like you have to play some some wrath effects, some some some, some draw spells. Yeah. So you're playing as a control deck, and you'd have this cycle shell yeah. on the inside of it. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, you'd you'd mostly be putting your points into either tutors, and I think soul ring's also really good in this deck, just yeah. because yeah. It, it it says tap cycle a card. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you get to cast like what is it? Decree of justice. Yeah, Decree of Justice is a super hot one. Right, all the cycle cards that there are, yeah. There are there are also like two tiers of cycling cards. There's the cards that you just always cycle, and then there's cards that do stuff when they cycle. Yeah, to, and so to, to to explain Decree of Justice, this card, what a great mana cost. X X two white white, sorcery. Put X four four white angel creature tokens with flying out of the battlefield, and it cycles for two and a white. And when you cycle it, you may pay X, and if you do, make that many white soldiers. One so ones. One ones, yeah. This, this is a really nice way to, that used to break control mirrors, because control mirrors used to be just all draw go, counter every spell you play. <sighs> but this let you draw a card on your opponent's end step and uncounterably put a bunch of creatures into play. That's pretty hot. Which is yeah. a really powerful effect for the old control mirrors. So... Go ahead. I was gonna, what do you, what are the matchups that make this deck unplayable? Like what mm. what decks do you think this deck is good against and what are the what are the decks that maybe keep it down a little bit? Uh I actually think this deck is is really good against other control decks and even mid-range decks if you tune it properly. Uh the deck is particularly weak to aggro decks and or decks that have a very linear game plan that this deck is hard to interact with like counter spells just don't really fit in the list very well. You're playing like the ones that cycle, but apart from that, you can't really afford to play any. So it's it's hard to interact with your opponent on the stack, and it's it's weak to fast aggro decks, especially decks with disruption. So like yeah. tempo decks and aggro decks, and maybe combo too is like a little tough, just because you yeah. are gonna have, be hard to interact. Yeah, you yeah. you do. Interestingly enough, you do have a bunch of cards that can like 
hose combo decks. <laughs> yeah, just because you get to play like ones. like Gilded Light is a card that gives you hexproof. It's an instant one in a white <laughs> cycles. You have you have hexproof. You have shroud. You have shroud. Um, cool. So th this hose is like a bunch of combo decks. Like if Storm tries to go off, and then you have this in your hand, you're just like you know Gilded Light in response to your tendrils. <laughs> Cool story. Go home. It even beats like um, like Bomberman combo and stuff because I have to do that at sorcery speed. It, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> as a, you you do just get like yeah. a bunch of random silver bullet cards because like they printed a bunch of random silver bullet cards with cycling. So you like, can also get them with the uh, nimble obstructionist just randomly, right? Yeah, yeah. That that one's the new one from I think Hour of Devastation. Cycle bird. Yeah, Cycle it's bird. it's two and a blue for a three one flash flyer. And you can cycle it for the same cost, so two and a blue. And when you cycle it, you get to stifle something, which yeah. is counter target activated or triggered ability. Yeah, this card's so good. And this it's... one's interesting because you can't stifle your own ability, only abilities uh -huh. you don't control. It doesn't come up very often, but so th this can't save you from a packed trigger, for yeah. instance. Mm. So close, but still not quite there? Yeah, that, that's what I'd say. I'm, I'm still going to try it soon, even though, so I, close. even though I don't think it's quite there. But All right. Do you have a powerful fail story? I do. <laughs> uh, it's actually from a really, really recent tournament. I was playing Blue White Control okay. in the in the finals against uh, Pat James oh, the finals. on on Sandra Bullock. It was going yeah. super well so far. Yeah. I I've been testing for. I have a bunch of big tournaments coming up. I'm going to be in Snohomish nice. this this coming weekend. Then there's the first qualifier for the 2018. Year end championship, and then it's on February fourth, hosted here the the twenty seventeen championship. So all within the span <coughs> of eight days, I'm playing in like three, three, wow, three okay. pretty pretty exciting tournaments. Are you gonna bring the same deck for all three, or are you gonna see how the first couple go? See how it yeah, goes. Okay. okay. Um, but I was playing blue white control in this tournament, which is one of the decks I'm sort of testing it out. Hopefully, none of the other top eight competitors <laughs> are are too close watchers of the podcast. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so I was playing blue control and the game was going like all right ish. He had a couple creatures in play and he was just just doing that thing where the combo can like the creature combo decks just like hitting you with two twos for a while. His hand was empty, uh, and I had settle the wreckage. I drew settle the wreckage, which is two white white exile all attacking creatures. I didn't want to cast it yet, uh, and then he drew a spell that I had to counter. So I played a Snapcaster Mage for a counter spell. Counter, I can't remember what spell it was. Had to counter it. And then he stopped attacking with his creatures. And this went on no! for like five turns. And then eventually he just like cobbled together. Well, it, it's even worse because the other cards in your hand were like Logic Knot and Condescend. Oh, and he right, has a right. bunch of mana. Liam was watching this game. And then the next turn, he just like peels Bajuka Bog, Bogs Jer off of Logic Knotting for any, for any reasonable oh! amount. Yeah, um, and then the next turn just draws Pattern of Rebirth, which is the most important card in the deck, and he has in play like most N of the combo. No, he, he drew uh, <coughs> Vizier, mm, and he? and had a sack out letting nice. start sure. Anyway, but, he, yeah. he drew a must counter spell. Oh man! Oh man! Could not counter the spell. That yeah, feels both bad. both Condescend and Logic Knot, which there was like, like there was like a guy's the only soft counters. Oh, you know what? You know what it was? It was. Uh, that's what you had to use the Snapcaster for, was to stop the pattern of rebirth, I think. Yeah, I think I countered the pattern. Yeah. That's super tough. The womp, the womp. wrath that can't kill the creatures, <laughs> even though you have it, and the counter spells that can't counter yeah. the spell to win the game. So, so like, having oh. the Snapcaster to counter the spell was super nice, but it really goozled me, because then 
he stopped attacking me, so the settle was just not doing anything in my hand. And so, like, I was so close to winning the game so many different ways, and then... Oh, man. Just, it's, like, plausible you're, like, supposed to attack with the Snapcaster, but then maybe even then, like, who yeah. knows how, whether he sniffs out... Because that's super suspicious if you it attack, is. right? Like, I did have Maze of Eth in play, so... Yeah. But, yeah. That's brutal. Well, yeah, and I don't know how, how that one went so, so wrong, but it did. <laughs> All right, so next up is me. Hi. Uh, I want to talk about a archetype that I have been playing for a while, I've never done tremendously well with, and I'm getting so heartbroken by over and over. And it's kind of hard to describe what it is. Uh, so I'm going to use the term just like battle bots slash big whatever. Um, and, big and brown. The, the, yeah, big brown. And this can be big red. <laughs> Big white, big battle bots, big, bo uh, big you know, booty, <coughs> big booty, um, and well, that's the Doran deck. That's big abs. And it's like what the juggernaut tribal? Yeah, and what these decks are trying to do is it, it's different from a ramp deck. So green based ramp deck, you have you have ramp spells, you have like ways to get it. It's good. It's different from an academy deck, which is playing like cantrips, and you have blue, and it's good. What these decks are trying to do are trying to go like turn one mana vault into Grim Monolith, into Worm Coil Engine. And... That doesn't sound so bad. It doesn't sound so bad, but in practice, it's always been bad. Like, <laughs> even, even if you get Worm Coil Engine on turn two, which sounds unbeatable. So Worm Coil Engine, the classic six mana, six, six artifact worm that has Death Touch and Lifelink, and it dies, you get two worms, one with Death Touch, one, one, death touch, one with Lifelink. Like, it should be nuts. But so often what happens is you go land, rock, rock, worm coil, you've got no cards in hand, you've got one card in hand, and they have a removal spell. Yeah, like, and uh, they've spent one card to remove your one threat, and you've invested your entire hand into this hand. Or, due to, due to the inherent um, uh, inconsistency of the format, you either have all ramp and no payload, or all payload and no ramp. It's just not uh, as smooth as the other colors. I see, because so, you, you lack the sort of fixing the blue would get you. Yeah, or it, it's just all in. And the way I felt, it's like... Maybe you also lack the sort of like plan B or C that something like Hoof has, where it's like, you know, if I draw only ramp spells, I can attack with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just, it's just... It's maybe not a good plan, but it's the something. The way I've had people describe this to me, uh, and I mean, I, obviously I'm not the only person who builds these decks, it's like, Serge, you managed to put together some of the most unbeatable seven-card hands in <laughs> Magic. In the most inconsistent decks I've ever seen, it's just like I've just you can mulligan to nothing. So I don't know I don't know what it'll take your, to get there differently. Your range of experience is either like do nothing and lose, yeah. or send them to the shadow realm in such a way <laughs> that they just Success. like that, that's, that's it just a leaves win. like scorch marks on the carpet where you just destroyed them so hard. Well, and then the next game you'll be like I didn't do anything. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. This reminds me of a conversation we were having with Nick Picard the other day mm -hmm. about deck building styles. And this this, this is a deck that I think would uh, benefit from the really mathy style, where where you like oh. just like want to like numbers? Frank Karsten the. <laughs> Who's the, Frank Karsten? He he's he's a Channel Fireball writer, but he like well and a Magic Hall of Famer. Yeah. Ah. And a math PhD. Yeah. <laughs> so he he every time a new set comes out and like a card says like if you have something in your hand, he'll tell you how many he'll yeah. like 
do the the stats on. So like he ran the the numbers on like a collected company. How many creatures do you need in your deck for collected company to hit ninety percent of the time? Mm -hmm. like Thunderherd migration. How many dinosaurs you should play to reliably cast it on two for two mana? Uh, so on and so forth. But deploy the Gatewatch. How many Planeswalkers do you need? The, sure. These decks where you're like all in and you like need like a certain amount of this and a certain amount of this and a certain amount of this. Yeah. Uh, seems like it might benefit from like. I think uh, I think another thing I feel with this deck is I don't feel like I'm playing magic. <laughs> like Did you feel like you're rolling dice instead. Kind of. Yeah. It's just like it's just like uh, draw seven. Okay, I win. Yeah. Uh, draw seven. Okay, I lose. Uh, <laughs> like like the, the, yeah, it's definitely one of those decks where you could just like you you and your opponent could both reveal your opening hands and you would know who won. Yeah. Hmm. You're like, oh, you've got swords to plowshare. All right, game two. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you got forceable. All right, game two. Jeez. It's it's kind of tough, and and I, I suppose there's maybe a less all-in version of this, which you, you know you can go, you can do in other ways, but then why are you making this archetype? Like, mm -hmm. the, sort of the nature of this archetype, is that all in, maybe? I suppose it's like you've, you've min-maxed the risk-reward so hard that it just isn't worth playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you've, pu you've pushed them to their outermost boundaries yeah. where, like, it just doesn't, it, like, the math just falls apart. Well, it's kind of a weird spot, too, because in our format where you get, like, at least in Victoria, we have the sort of, like, house mulligan rule, right? Where you yeah. get a bunch of mulligans. Like, I know, like, this deck has bare some similarities to, like, Big Red or like the the Matthew Brett Davies special Big Idiot Dragons, um, <laughs> which he which he finalsed with a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, and he was just saying like, yeah, I kind of just high rolled everyone today. Like it, he had a bunch of good hands. Like I watched him against Nick go like game one cast turn one Blood Moon, uh, <laughs> game two cast turn one Magus of the Moon and lose. Um, it can happen. Yeah, and then game three, cast turn one Trinisphere, and he won that game, right? But he was just mulliganing until he had a turn one hate piece on totally, on, totally uh, on the like yeah. in every game. All right. Um, and sometimes you end up mulliganing to three, doing that, and you die yeah. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it when it works, boy, does it work well. Maybe what this deck needs is serum powder. <laughs> Honestly, I've thought about it. The issue is, what happens if you have a hand and you draw serum Nobody powder? Nobody should play serum powder. So well, no, it it's a mana rock. So serum powder uh, is, is kind of an obscure card. I don't know if a lot of people know it. This a, is from the weird dark side of magic. They reprinted it recently, too. Anyways, it's, 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 it's dark, dark steel, I believe. Yeah. 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 This it's, is a, it's in dredge. In this, vintage. this is a three mana artifact uh, that taps for colorless. And if it's in your hand... Your opening, your opening hand, you get a free mulligan. Yeah. Well, except you have to exile the cards you, from oh, that hand. Oh, right, right, right. So you can. You don't have to. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if you want to play a busted deck in sixty card construct and you're running four of these, you just mulligan until you win on turn yeah, one. Yeah, I think maybe most famously, uh, Vintage Dredge plays four Serum Powder because it plays four Bizarre Baghdad and it needs these to mulligan into, into turn one Bizarre Baghdad. Yeah, you're, you see it less these days, but. So I think, I just don't know if it does enough in Highlander. You're going to end up having to cast it as a fair card. More often you're going to get the free mulligan out of it. Same as like Gemstone Cavern. It, it's probably better to be Gemstone Cavern, right? Like yeah. you're playing this card to like help you high roll more, but it like has to be in your opening hand for it to be useful. So maybe it should just be another yeah, high roll I card. Yeah, I forgot just but, how bad Gemstone Cavern is. Yeah, well, one thing is this can help you on the player of the draw. Gemstone Cavern only does anything That's true, when right. you're on the draw. I was, I was talking to Robin Sorensen about uh, Gemstone Cavern because he was saying, like we were talking about the top eight, and he was joking that like in years past, play draw has been determined by how you finished, and he finished eighth 
so he knew he was going to be on the draw in every single match, so he put Gemstone Cavern in his deck. Wow! It didn't work. Yeah, let me tell people this card. So Gemstone Cavern is a legendary land from the future site block. If it is in your opening hand and you're not playing first, so very, very restrictive, you may begin the game with Gemstone Cavern in play and with a luck counter on it. If you do, remove a card from your hand from the game. I always forget that third clause. That, that extra clause there is kind of tough. So you start with a land in play, but you start down a card and you have to exile that card. And then tap, add a generic or add a colorless to your mana pool, or if Gemstone Cavern has the luck counter on it, instead add one mana of any color. So it's sort of like a turn zero chrome mox, it, it's, sometimes. It functionally steals the playback. Yeah. Because what the difference between the play and the draw is, if you're on the play, you're up a mana down a card, and this just puts you up a mana down a card on the draw. Does so that, that's just so it many steals the play. through. Yep, I've seen people play it. Like, yeah. Ben Wheeler played it for a long time as well. All right, anyways, those are my woes on an archetype that is powerful, but not good. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's like it's a high roll archetype. Like, yeah. you might it, it's actually I think the kind of deck that you could actually reasonably win a tournament with because you just run super hot oh, that yeah. one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also the kind of deck that you can go oh for six tournaments in a row I, with I, as well. I have experienced both of these. I've yeah. three won and made it to the finals over and over, only to just be like, like all right, well, I guess yeah. uh, no. Nope. Uh, and then you just like crying. But all right, let me talk about. Another time I got goozled, I, uh, <laughs> everyone was making fun of me because I titled this story uh, Academy Rector. Uh, so I was playing a deck with Academy Rector. Now Academy Rector is a, a human cleric? Uh, this is a four mana, one, two, white creature human cleric uh, for three and a white. And Academy Rector has this interesting ability that when it is put into your graveyard from play, you may... Exile Academy Rector. If you do, search your library for an enchantment card and put that card into play, then shuffle your card. So the issue with these old cards are the rules don't quite work the same way it's 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 written there. Um, there's some triggers and a bunch of interesting stuff that happens. So there's some room for counterplay. And if, if nobody's ever goozled you with it before, you don't know just how bad you can get goozled. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have somehow, I don't remember the circumstances, my academy rector has died, and I'm just like, yeah. Good news. This is great. Normally, normally you win the game if your academy rector dies because you get something unbeatable and your opponent loses, yeah. and it's like fantastic. So my academy rector is going into the graveyard, and my opponent Allison is just like, I have a response to the trigger, <laughs> and I'm just like, what does that mean? Like you're playing the rock. You don't have stifle. How can you respond to my trigger? And she casts Necromancy. So Necromancy is a three mana enchantment <laughs> Go uh, in black for, for two and a black. Uh, and I've normally seen this as a reanimate card. So when it comes into play, um, you, 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 you take the creature. But if you, you can cast it as an instant spell. And if you do, you sacrifice it at the end of turn. I'm like, what is happening? And she explains to me, because she's an L2 judge, exactly how Academy Rector works. It goes into your graveyard. Then the trigger goes on the stack. Then it, when, re when it resolves, you would remove it from your graveyard into the exile zone. Then you get to go get your enchantment. So what she said was, well, great. It's in your graveyard. The trigger's on the stack. I'm going to steal it with necromancy. <laughs> so then when your trigger resolves, it fizzles. Nothing happens. And then it's going to die at the end of your turn because of necromancy. Then I'm going to exile it into your graveyard, and I'm going to get an enchantment. Your exile zone. Into your exile zone. And, sorry. Yeah, and I'm just like, 
That's, that's how, how that, that works. works? Yeah. yeah. That's how that works? It goes to your graveyard, but she gets the trigger? Yeah. She can. She controlled the, the creature when yeah, it, and then it, dies when it and died, so she gets the trigger. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. I just, like, that's one of those, like, this is the reason they changed this rule, because it feels, like, clunky and unintuitive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, 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 the joy just turned into sadness. Yeah. yeah. Man, well, Deathrite Shaman would probably be really good against this card, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Scavenging no, there's scavenging news. Like, there's so many opportunities to counterplay against it, but it doesn't look like that from the way the card is written. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. Timing. She just straight Academy wrecked me. But um <laughs> boom, boom. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. Sad so, trumpets only. <laughs> so, so you were talking about a list that you've been working on that's powerful. Yeah. But not good. Yeah. I have a list that's neither of those things. <laughs> Perfect. Go on. Uh, but you want it to be good. I do. I okay. really, really want it to be good. We're going to talk about Zombie Lander. Yeah. Um, fans of the show will not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> this deck is so frustratingly close to being a thing. Why isn't it there? What is this deck missing? So it's, what is Zombie Lander? So Zombie Lander is like zombie tribal. Nice. In the same way that like elf tribal or goblins tribal would just be like a deck that plays a bunch of creatures with the zombie subtype and then cards that exploit those synergies. Um, it suffers very plain and simply from a density problem. Uh, it has some really, really good one drops. Yeah. And their quality drops off like a cliff <laughs> after about four or five cards. You're like, what? Yeah, you, you start off with Grave Crawler. <laughs> nice. And like. Diagraph uh, Yeah, Diagraph Cool. Yeah, Crypt and, Breaker. Yeah, Crypt Breaker. And there's the, the new one, um, the Jackal. What's it called? Like, oh, Forsaken uh, Jackal? Uh, uh, Dreadwander. Yeah, Dreadwander, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> and then, you know, you get into stuff that's like maybe a little marginal, like Carrion Feeder. Yeah, Sarcomancy. Uh, Sarcomancy, which is fine. Carnifage. Carnifage, which is Ugh. okay. <laughs> and then just bang! <laughs> right straight down into like. The sea. Uh, the, the kind of cards <laughs> that you get after that. Is Carrion Feeder a zombie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Carrion yeah. Feeder is a zombie. It eats things. He's good. Right. Uh, are like. I figured. That card's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good with Grave Crawlers. I, I don't even remember the names of these cards, but there's like a 1-2 for one that has protection from humans. Uh, there's a 1-1 one, one for one that nugs your opponent for one when it comes into play. Yeah. There's three copies. Uh, Scarhide is a zombie? No, it's, no, a, it's minotaur. a minotaur. It's not even a zombie. Yep. It's not a zombie minotaur? No. Flavor fade. There's three copies of um, uh, Putrid Imp. Or not Putrid Imp. Um, What's the one that when it dies it minus one minus one something? Oh, uh, festering zombie. Yeah, yeah like festering ghoul or whatever it's called. Yeah, there's three yeah, the cards that are just like that. Yeah, yeah festering, festering goblin. goblin. Yeah. There's there's two other cards. Except it's that. better because they give counters, right? Yeah, there's one that does counters. Yeah, the festering, festering mummy. mummy is the new one that is better. And there's one other one, the name of which escapes me. But like the quality just like drops off. Like you start with these really great aggro two twos or two ones for one. And then it just turns into garbage. Um, the two-drop slot is kind of similar. There's some pretty good ones in black. Uh, this is where you get into the, the color conundrum as well. Because, like, mono black is where the deck is based in. There's, like, the most good cards there. Um, I mean, zombie is, like, the black. Green, I think, is, the, black, is right? the second strongest. Because you add in a lot of really good two-drops, like... Uh, 
Putrid Leech is amazing. Lotleth yeah. Troll. Lotleth Troll, Troll is amazing. Yeah. Um, trying to think of any other is ones. Is Verol's a zombie? Verol's, I think, might be a zombie. That one's but a three, three drop. drop. Sure, yeah, you, sure. You start so really, really drives. hot with stuff like this. But Golgaragi's like, all yeah. about the zombie like, stuff, too. Like, that that's just a flavor direction sure. that it yeah. goes You get, in. more recently, like, Relentless Dead, you know, the 2-2 with um, Menace, yeah. and it can regrow zombies and stuff. And then, once again, the quality drops off really, really fast. You have and Wayward Servant and White. Yeah, wayward Servant? Well, this is where it gets tricky, is, okay, so we have two colors isn't there, three colors. Yeah. There's some new ones in, from Amonkhet that are really, really good yeah. and add a third color. Yeah. <laughs> so then the deck starts getting really, really shaky on the mana base. It also gets tricky because blue has zombies as well. I was going to say, then you get say, the, you just the three oh. drops. Yeah. yeah, blue's got some okay ones. And the even Diagraph zombies, right? Captains, yeah. the, the big one, right? Yeah, blue. Th th that's, that's that one one. breaks my heart. There's actually like pretty few good blue cards, except for one that's amazing. This card is the Stone Nut. Yeah, Diagraph Captain is one blue, red, uh, blue black for a two-two with Death Touch. Other zombie creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and whenever another zombie you control dies, target opponent loses one life. This card is insane, and the wrong color <laughs> to be just put in a deck. One black, black. Yeah, like th it starts if if this is like the graph of playable blue zombies. Diagraphed Captain is here. The next playable card is like down here. <laughs> and then the third one is at the bottom of the graph. Yes. Yeah, and I suppose the other tricky thing is the black cards want you to go black, 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 black. Yeah, yeah like um, Gerald's we, we get into the three drop slot, which is actually maybe the, the best part of the deck. It is. I think there's enough three drops. Like a three drop slot is solid. You actually yeah, you... have plenty of lords that are really good. Um, you have lots of great stuff like Drag Mangler that's just like 3 3 with haste. Um, you've got um, uh, Amit, like Amit Eternal, Mornwill. Mornwill is not a zombie. I don't think so. What? It's a, I think it's a plant skeleton. But it's baby juice. It's a plant skeleton. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Skeleton. I wish. Sorry, did you call it baby juice? It's baby, baby juice. It's yeah. not quite as good as the regular juice. So Do we need to explain the juice? Yes, we already we have. have. Done it before. Okay, if we've okay, explained the mind. juice already. Um, yeah, your lords include <laughs> at the top Cemetery Reaper, yeah, which is like the best because it makes its own gas. Yeah, uh, it, it's <laughs> it, it it's aggressively. It, it, it's like it's one black black for a two two. Other zombies you control get plus one plus one, and for two and a black tap, exile a creature uh, card from a graveyard, graveyard. make a zombie. Yeah. Um, so it makes three threes basically. This card's nuts. Yeah. Pretty hype. Uh, there's. A couple of new ones. There's one from the new set. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's like two and a black. Other zombies you control get plus one, plus one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Accursed. Yeah, yeah Lord, Lord of the Accursed. And then... Won us the team sealed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for, strictly it was like the removal spell for the cast out. All zombies gain yeah, 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 one and a, It's that it's wow. an activated ability. Yeah. One and a black. All zombies gain menace. Yeah, our card's great. And then you have um, a couple other yeah, really Plague good... Yeah, Plague Belcher is up in great. here. I think I mentioned Amid Eternal. Yeah. Uh, there's another one that... Oh, zombie God. Crocodile Demon, one of the best type lines oh, in all Eternal? projects. Amon yeah. Eternal is a very I real card. We played should talk this about... recently. Amon or and Plague Belcher? Amon Eternal, and this might actually lead me into the next part of my discussion. Um, Amon Eternal is two and a black for Zombie Crocodile Demon. Yep. It's a 5-5 five, five with a flick 3, which yep. means whenever it attacks and is blocked, the defending player loses 3 life. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a minus one, minus one counter on Amon Eternal. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, remove all counters from it. 
This card's really This good. guy hits real hard and will get damage in. We should talk yeah. about this as a best card you're not but playing too. This card can make it into good. quite a few decks. Yeah. yeah. I played it in like a green black aggro deck with like mana crypt and stuff. Like we're doing some casting some turn one Ammon Eternals. Totally. Turn two Ammon Eternals. I've done similar so things, yeah. I think Ammon Eternal might uh, <clears throat> lead me to my sort of conclusion on this deck, which is that Golgari aggro is just better mm. in almost every way. Because um, you don't have enough you don't have enough zombies on the low end to make the really, really good lords on the top end worth playing. Hmm. Um, so you're slower and clunkier than something like goblins. You lose out on a lot of the resilience that you can get in uh, Golgari Aggro, just from all the different creatures you can play. And also a lot of the card quality. Like Golgari Aggro plays the best black aggro threats and the best green aggro threats. And it just has like these advantages like it gets to play scavenging ooze and like reclamation sage yes tarmogoyf and it's just like it's just a better deck it feels better to play removal spells yeah. in golgari aggro than in zombie lander because you're not sacrificing from a synergy based deck yeah <laughs> and then you can play the zombie removal spell they printed that one's super cool and i really want to play which it which card is that uh dark summoning something like that oh dark salvation dark salvation that's oh that card's yeah. really cool yeah, yeah totally there's so many cool cards so dark salvation is xx black sorcery target player puts x to uh 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield. Then, up to one target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn for each zombie that player controls. So this card's great in the mirror. When you're playing <laughs> the zombie's mirror, they're ahead on board, you target them, it's a one mana sorcery, kill something. Um, This came up in yeah, standard. Yeah, you, do, you don't actually need to right. make zombies to kill something. Hmm. Which is really interesting. You, like, they're ahead on board, you're like, Dark Salvation, yeah. kill your thing because you have three yeah. zombies. No, I, minus like, three minus this three. is exactly the kind of synergy card that I really wish I could play and just... It, you don't. It, the mirror doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not who who controls. They don't have to control the zombies. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, it's if good. they have more, zombies, they have more than zombies than you, you oh, I then see. you can use thing. their like, zombie. Like, count. Let's say they have an Amateur turn. Oh, okay. You only zero. got you only got one zombie, but right. they've got four. So bam, it's, you bam, say bam. you make no zombies. Yes. Okay. And now we are going to count how many zombies you have. Yeah, casting have this a for lot. zero. Yeah. Well, the zombie lander mirror. I love it. You can know their lord. You can cast this for zero. For one, yeah, black. X is zero. Yeah, yeah. As a side, Alex, did you see that the zombies that were in the uh, Amonkhet Planeswalker decks? Bonus extra zombies. They're not great. Tattered mummy. Yeah. Tattered mummy. <laughs> no, no, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Desiccated Naga. Uh, <laughs> it's, a wait, three, that's a it's a three, two for three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Activate disability only to control a Liliana Planeswalker. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. also like. The heartbreak continues like into the four and five slot because there's also some like incredible zombies, but then it like goes completely out of theme. Yeah, it's like there's, it's like there's a like two thirds of an aggro deck and like one third of like, like a, really a cool mid range or control deck because yeah. 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 um, for some reason, um, uh, Gary. Oh, right. Great Merchant of Asphodel is a zombie. Well, yeah. I mean, look at him. And then if you're in blue-black, you also have the uh, the Scorpion God. Scarab no, the God. Scarab God makes it's zombies. It's not a zombie, but it cares about zombies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's... Yeah, it, it's... And it's blue, of course. Because... I, love, I love the thing with nicknames, though. You're like, Gary, what is that card actually called? <laughs> yeah. Come on, brain. <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots of amazing cards, but, like, the stuff on the high end would re require you to... Completely different play, deck. To build a different deck and yeah. lose 
all the good. Yeah, Tim read the murder. Case. Oh, there you go. There's, There's a couple of good ones in red. There's a couple of good ones in red. Yeah. Actually, like yeah. no, no, no. Tim read so what the you're saying King. is Zombie Lander is a five color deck. Five color Zombie Lander. Unclaimed territory. Naming zombie. Naming Cavern of Cavern Souls. Cavern of Souls. We'll get that Mana ancient ziggurat in the City deck. of Brass. You're giving me the worst idea imaginable. No, All right, no, perfect. Look, every deck can be made better by adding more colors. That's the Liam Coughlin well, deck building philosophy, and we're gonna stick to it. I'm only half joking. This card's actually really yeah, that good. That card's yeah. insane. Anathematics yeah, is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ones, um, Shambling Remains. Mm -hmm. Oh, Rick's yeah. Grand Blade. Uh, yeah, Shambling Remains is like the fire roasted chestnuts. Wait, I got one for you. Slavering Nulls. Yeah, that one's oh, yeah, good too. It makes people discard when you hit them. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know. Maybe I do just need to go ham and make five colors. Oh, you have zombies. to control a swamp. Ooh, is Sidrax a specter a, a zombie? Mm, I don't think so. I think it might be a spirit. Probably a specter. I think it's a specter. Wait. Come on, one time spirit. Come on, one time. It's Survey gonna, it's gonna be a says... It's a specter. Oh. But yeah, it's just They're like... they one time. The, the, the card quality is there. The density is not. Yeah, that's um, fair. <laughs> Actually, sorry. I'll share one more amazing one with you from Red. Deadapult. <laughs> All right, you're gonna. Be, I, you're, you're gonna just, have to tell me about You'll the love this. It's well, amazing. We gotta, we gotta tell the listeners who maybe can't see the Deadapult. Yeah, on no, screen. I'll explain what, Deadapult. What is a Deadapult? Is two and a red for an enchantment. Okay. For one red, sacrifice a zombie. Deadapult deals two damage to target creature player. Okay, so like I was joking earlier about how <laughs> look how up the this heck, art. How the heck Monarch got through the editing process? How did anyone let Deadapult be the name for a card? Look at the flavor text. Like nothing ruins your day like a blazing zombie. Like surely this was just the playtest name that just never got changed. Like what are we gonna call this card? Ah, eh, Deadapult. It'll be fine. This card's a rare. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean. So, Naturally. anyways, it's just like a, a deck that's just infuriatingly close and just not quite there. I'm starting to think at this point that um, vampires might actually be closer. <laughs> well, they've least gotten more directed yeah, help, right? Their one-drops are better. Yeah. All right. They have a bunch of one-drops. Yeah, that deck might actually work in Marty. If Drakemanger is the juice, I've found an unmixed smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I, re I really love Shambling Remains. <laughs> one red black for a four three that can't block and it has unearthed red black, which is we if it's to find in the your juicer. graveyard, return it to play with haste and then exile it on your end step. It's yeah, sweet. Zalex, you got a fail story? Um, that moment when when you went from victory to just directly into the sea. I Maybe don't know. The, is the blender. There's Sorry, a, there's a couple that I've had, but it, like nothing is coming to me right now. I'm just like so sad that I haven't been able to make this deck work. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> On the plus side, like there's a lot of really great zombies that work in Golgari Agro, and yeah. I've thought about making like a really gentle zombie sub theme that would maybe work. I don't know. We'll see. We can deck tech it. We can deck tech it. Well, then let's throw to Liam. Liam. What is a deck that you want to make but you just don't think is there yet? Yeah, so this deck that I've been like really actively trying to make for a while, uh, I, when we were talking beforehand, uh, it, I was just calling, sort of calling it four color spells. Now, what does that even mean? Yeah. What is four color? Which four colors, which spells, yeah, and why it's, not? It's a great question, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, so there's a bunch of cards that care about spells. Uh, the most obvious is like Prowess, right? Prowess says when okay. you cast an non-creature spell. Sure. And then there's cards like Gutter Snipe, um, you know, maybe okay. maybe your Enigma Drakes or your Spellheart Chimeras, your Chimeras, sorry. 
Shimmerons. Rune Chanter's Pike? Yeah, your Rune Chanter's Pike, your Kiln Fiends. Okay. So basically, this Harvest is. Harvest Pyre. So, well, this is traditionally, like, this is traditionally an Izzet deck. Why, why four colors? Okay, so a couple of things. I don't think. Like when when you build the Izzet deck, you're some yeah. Nivik Cyclops, another great example. Uh, like, there's a, there's a bunch of good ones. Uh, there's the the flying kids, the wee dragonauts. Flying uh, kids. Look at the art. Wee dragonauts, man. They're just yeah. two kids flying a little kite. Um, so yeah, typically when you when you when any of these cards see play, it's just in a blue red shell, and. Uh, I've seen people play them, and I, and I think it's okay, but I, as I do with a lot of deck building, I wanted to go all in on that sort of thing, right? So, like, you'll, you'll have someone playing their blue-red tempo deck, and they'll play their Edigma Drake because it's occasionally, like, a 3-mana 5-4 flyer. I got blown that, out by that, like, on Monday. Yeah, and, th and that's that's pretty good, but I... think I, it hit me for a million. <laughs> <laughs> so you, have, you have the exact opposite problem to Surge. Yeah. Surge is like, I don't know if I want to go all in. You're just like, I want to go more all in. I, I do, exactly. <laughs> and so... So, um, the reason you play other colors, you play white because there's more prowess creatures. You get things like Monastery Mentor yeah, as well, real which good. is really, really good. And then you also get access to better removal, like Swords of Plowshares, Path to Exile. Yep. You also get to play Jeskai Ascendancy. Yeah, um, that card's nuts. Which what is, about protection spells? Are yeah, they, like, emerge unscathing? No, but I was playing, like, Feet of uh, Resistance and, like... The one mana give a thing indestructible. Scry. Does the have have rebound? Is that got to be hot in this deck? No, I, I don't think so. So we should actually talk about Jeskai Ascendancy really quick because I imagine that might play a pretty key. Is that are you building no, around Jeskai Ascendancy? No, the whole there, were, there, there was four color decks that four color spell decks all about Jeskai Ascendancy. I, yeah, oh. in other formats, but they're using it as a combo engine. We're actually playing fair Jeskai Ascendancy. <laughs> we just want all our spells to loot so that we can like draw fewer lands and like untapping and giving our creatures plus one plus one yeah. is just bonus. All right, uh, especially because we were playing like Young Pyromancer, Monastery Mentor, Talran, the Sky sure, Summoner. Sure, sure, sure. So, so we're what just exactly is your fourth color? Uh, green. Um, okay, so this is four color, no black. No black, yeah. Um, and you play green for a couple of reasons. One, blossoming defense is just like a really good, a really good spell. Jared, I, well, Jared was talking about the protect, the white protection spells. Blossoming defense is actually just secretly the best of those ones because it also gives plus two, plus two. Um, so the best, the best white protection spell is secretly green. a green card. So you have to play fourth color. <laughs> um, and then the big reason to be green, this is the the major payoff is berserk. Um, <laughs> which, which allows you to turn like your big Enigma Drakes or your Nivic Cyclopses or your Kiln Fiends into like very early lethal threats. And then the rest of the cards in this deck are support cards, and they're just um, basically cheap spells that can't trip. Um, and the, so the idea is like you stick some creature that cares about spells, and then on your turn you rattle off two or three spells that can trip, and you grow big and you attack, or maybe you combo kill them with Berserk, or maybe you just wait. Sometimes you don't do anything. Sometimes you just have a good creature in play. You play a removal spell and you wait. You bide your time for the combo turn. So the reason this deck doesn't work, yeah, um, is that it secretly wants you to build like a hundred and fifty card deck. Um, <laughs> There's there's too many things the deck needs, Ugh, and finding the right ratio game to game um, is is like very difficult. This seems like a similar problem that Surge had, where it's just like you either have all ramp and no gas, or all gas and no ramp. This is a different deck. I actually didn't talk about my 200 card uh, Flash Hulk deck, which is the other mm. one that's just not that there quite there yet. But um, yeah, exactly. The, the, so the issue is. Like you, your ideal hand is like three lands, creature that cares about spells, 
spell to protect your creature, and then two cantripping spells. And then ideally you never draw land for the rest of the game, you just cantrip <laughs> into more cantrips, and then you shadow rift your thing and you kill them. I got it. In, in practice, you never do that. Mana Severance. No. Main deck it. I, I, mean, I have a different deck that is the main, the mana, main deck it? We don't have sideboards. Why do people keep saying this? Main line. Main line, yeah. Well, I, I'm, there is a mana severance combo deck, but that's a, yeah, a different yeah, yeah, deck. Yeah, totally different. <clears throat> Though I also like that deck. Yeah, um, it's a cool deck. But yeah, so, so the big problem is that the deck just like wants too many different things, and getting the right ratio has felt very difficult. Uh, the second issue is that this deck does not exactly interact super well. <laughs> um, you're kind of trying to do a linear thing, but you're not doing your linear thing consistently, which means you lose a lot of the benefits you get from being linear, and yeah. you lose to the other linear decks because you're slow. Um, so I put this deck together once. I was going to bring it to a tournament. I played some practice yeah. games. Really didn't feel very good, and I've taken it apart, and I'm sort of waiting because the sort of cards I need to be printed for this deck to get there are uh, cards that are going to deal double duty. So I need more charms. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm also even just looking for like, like if there were more like deal one damage draw cards, single red spells. <clears throat> like, hey, that spell's insane. I get that that spell's insane. You mean insane. like needle drop? Well, needle drop has some <clears throat> some restrictions, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, I need spells that draw a card in addition to doing something like a yeah. little innocuous, but like powerful enough to make it into the deck. Mm. And and currently, there's just not quite enough. That's a drag. The other option, and the other option I've considered, is you could go more all-in, and you could only play the creatures that get bigger when you cast a spell, and maybe you'd play the ones that deal damage when you cast a spell, but you cut all the prowess stuff, and, but then you're just bad infect. I was gonna say, you're basically just an infect deck there. And you're, you're like, and, and but you're like just, what if infect had to count to 20? Well, <laughs> but it's like, but the, the reason it's better is, what if infect had to count to 20, and they could actually deal infect damage to themselves, and all of your spells were basically pump spells, right? Yeah. So there's there's some positives, but yeah, I mean, creatures. the conclusion yeah. I came to is that it would just be worse infect, and the biggest issue is, in order for that deck to work, um, you just need more Nivik Cyclopses, more mm. Wee Dragonauts to get printed. There are five. There's Kiln Fiend, Nivik Cyclops, Wee Dragonauts, Mercurial Geists, um... So and four drop it does cost four. We don't get to be picked. I'm gonna, I'm Is gonna it call spellbound it? dragon. No, I was gonna say, I'm gonna call it ability. right now. There's gonna be probably two that are gonna get suggested in the comments that we just like aren't on our radar. Maybe yeah. they're gonna be like, Liam, have you heard of this? You're like, oh, yeah. But so problematically, there's like four or five. Even yeah, right. if there were ten, that would maybe not so, be yeah, enough. So yeah, you're you're a worse version of a deck that. Almost works to start with. I mean, I actually think Infect is a reasonable deck. I, yeah. I, I want to play some more of it. I think that it, it's gotten enough tools now, and the pump spells are, are good so, enough. Like, I have almost all the cards to build it, and I've sort of been giving it the side eye because it's like, oh, <laughs> I, it's like I have all these Moxes, and I own a copy of Berserk. Yeah, it's yeah, and it it actually might be pretty good in the metagame right now because people are trying to do a lot of like unfair stuff, and Infect is very fast, and when it doesn't yeah. get inter interfered with, it's good. But unlike this deck, which doesn't do that, right? <laughs> it's not fast. It does, like, I mean, I think if this deck, this deck Goldfish is like a turn four, turn five a lot of the time, but also folds to like a stiff breeze. <laughs> yeah, um, like, oh, you had any removal spell. Right, removal spell yeah. often kills you, hand attack spell often kills you. So on you. the flip side, like an Is it deck is more dedicated to protecting its threats and, and playing like a longer game to it. And it's not as all in on the spells aspect, yeah. right? Like that deck is just like pretty happy to play turn one Delver and then play some counter spells mm. uh, or, or just counter what you're doing burn you out eventually. Yeah. Uh, yes, Flux that Charger didn't, didn't, didn't make of. the deck 
but yeah, this one's in the deck. Electrode. Um, yeah. You can play things like... Um, Oh, that wall that... Um, that card, actually, I didn't have in the deck, but might be worth playing. But yes, yeah, you can play the... the I forget what it's called. The, no. there's, like, there's the two one. There's the Firebrand Archer that deals one damage whenever you cast a non-creature spell. That card's good. And gets Thermo in the deck. Alchemist. Yeah, and Thermo Alchemist. And Thermo Alchemist and is the other wall that does something one. similar as well that you can keep on tapping. Yeah, Gelectrode. Yeah. 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 Right. So, like, there's those kinds of cards as well. And maybe... You need to like trim down on the creatures, be more dedicated, trim down on one of the colors probably. Mm. But I, I just this deck is just not not there yet. That one notably only to creatures. Weaver of Lightning? Sorry. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Can you mind if we're gonna reference something nope. for the audio people? Yeah. That's all good. Um so yeah, so anyway, um that's my deck. It's 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 close. I would like for it to be good because I like playing Infect, but uh I would rather have people be actually able to deal damage to themselves that I could care about. Yeah. And I got a little tired of getting Malirid. The last time I played yeah. Infect, I got Malirid two rounds. Yeah, I, I got Malirid two rounds. You played in against yeah. Malirid. Sandra Bullock has Malirid. Just played against Sandra Bullock. Do they still play Malirid even you though you play both? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just want as many Guardian combo green. pieces as possible. I, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And also Vizier is also like good against you, though not as good as Malirid, which yeah, the, literally the, reads you to lose the game. The incidental hate against Infect is kind of tough in one did, of the Did contexts. you know that when Malira is in play, Ink Moth Nexus deals no damage, Infect yep. or otherwise? <laughs> one of those fun little modern attractions. <laughs> Pretty All right, Liam, unpleasant. Tell me if you if you feel like sharing a story where you had you you, you managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> well, uh, I have a lot of these stories, I'll be honest. <laughs> I I I do a lot of powerful things that end up bad, and yeah. we've told a couple of them on Powerful Magic already. But uh, this one I think is uh, is pretty good. So a couple of months ago, I'm playing against uh, Garrett, good friend of ours. Yep. And uh, listeners who have been listening for a while will remember Garrett's the one who famously misdirected my Banefire. Uh, it, it turns out Garrett's savaged me more than once. Uh -huh. uh, I have a long and storied history of of losing to Garrett in kind of epic fashion. Um, so we're, we sit down across from each other and we're kind of like, we, we know something wacky is going to happen. Neither of us know what we're playing. And like, oh boy. Yeah. And then <laughs> Garrett goes, turn one, land, fast bond, play four lands, cast wheel of fortune. Whoa. Uh, go. My man. Slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go to our sevens, except I get to start the game at 15 life. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was, I was on the play because I played a land and then passed. And then okay. he did that. Yeah. Then I untap, I play land, cast channel. Uh, and then I channel out a bunch of artifacts because I'm playing Paradox Engine Storm. Um, <laughs> so I channel out like four two mana rocks and and something else. Powerful magic. That is so and then I cast Time Twister. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so you both draw. You've, you've drawn fourteen cards. I want to see this wizard battle animated. It'd right. Be like yeah. an episode of Dragon Ball Z. So we're up to like forty-five <laughs> cards drawn in two turns of magic so far. Amazing. Then Amazing. Garrett, un and I have the kill in hand now. I I look down at my seven and I'm like, great. I'm gonna untap and kill him. Oh, um, and then Garrett untapped and killed me. Um, <laughs> well, sort of, because then he, since he had fast bond in play, played a bunch more lands, played out a couple more eggs. Cast his own time twister. Um, shuffled our hands back again. So your your kill disappeared. My my not only did my kill disappear, he then subsequently found lethal in the in the course of doing this. Wow. Uh, so we counted, and it was after the game we had collectively spent something like uh, like sixty mana, <laughs> and. Uh, had drawn somewhere north of 60 cards. On turn uh, three or four or and whatever? And we played five turns of magic, yeah. 
<laughs> or six turns of magic. He killed me on his turn three. I was going to kill him on my turn four. It's like, oh, we're going to have to go to the Phantom to see the replay on this game. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite ways of, uh, uh, I think this is a Ben Wheeler quote. He's like, well, just make him draw seven until they draw nothing. Yeah, yeah. The, the eggs, the secret eggs win condition is yeah. just mulligan your opponent into an unkeepable hand. Yeah. You don't have any control over it, but it's like, if you make him draw seven enough times, they'll go from having the win in their hand to having nothing in hand. That's, That's incredible. So weird. Oh, uh, oh, uh, that that sucks. To watch be like, all right, you're dead, and then they're like, draw seven. I, but that's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Is like you have a great hand, and then they're like, draw seven, and you draw seven <laughs> pieces of garbage. Well, and so or the other part the about this part, the worst one is when you just don't draw lands. Mm. Oof. Yeah. So the other funny part about this is uh, we both finished the game with let's just say not a lot of life, right? Like I died. But he was at like four, and I was at like two when I passed and the turn. Yeah. No, because like like the way he killed me was that he found Pyrite Spell Bomb. Like he didn't combo kill me. He just played a bunch of stuff and wheeled into Pyrite Spell Bomb and twoed me with it, <laughs> and I died because I had channeled that's out. So lame. Well, I mean that's that's why this story is tragic, right? Amazing. Like, it was just like incredible. like, and in fairness to him, the way I was going to kill him on the next turn was like not going to be a combo kill either. It was going to be something innocuous where oh, I just dealt four incredible. damage or something. Mm. So. Well, yeah, because he'd taken a bunch off fast bond. Yeah, he had taken a lot off fast bond. I had spent most of my life casting uh, artifacts off of channel. Love it. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, lots of fun. Not a lot of turns were played by many people. We oh, were laughing shit. the but whole time. They were spicy turns. Like, like it was like the first wheel gets caught cast. And we're both kind of like, oh, okay, we're playing combo decks. This is cool. Then the second one gets cast. And we're both like, okay, <laughs> looking a little weird now. Don't know why everyone's casting all these wheel of fortunes. Then he cast, and then I, then I time twister, and he's like, okay, well, sure enough. And I'm like, all right, I, I got the win. Easy, easy life. And then the fourth one gets cast, and we're like, okay, shuffling our decks for the sixth time in this. Game. Nice fat graveyard. Yeah, it was good. It was fun All right, us. let us move on to our closing segments. Uh, that was sweet. I think uh, I think we're getting there. I think we've got some brewing ideas. I think we've shared some sad stories. So let's go to our closing segment. Powerful magic <laughs> and uh, yeah. Alex. Uh oh, actually, is this is this powerful or or is this your no, fail? This, oh. this, was, <laughs> this isn't like crazy powerful. It was just a really fun little interaction nice. really right. cool. that I enjoyed. Okay. So, uh, it's Monday. I'm on Aristocrats, and my opponent's on... Is it aggro? Did you sleeve up the new Aristocrat Lord I that did. is printed? Is it amazing? I only think I cast her once. Okay. Uh, so What's her name? We're talking about Alenda. Alenda. The, the, yeah. Dusk the Dusk Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to play her. She is in there. Okay. Um, my recently acquired Imperial Recruiter is hoping to fetch this card <laughs> and just get the curve right into it. Um, so he's got Magus of the Moon in play. Awkward. Um, and I have no red source until now. So I've gone, I've gone the whole game and I've got this Butcher of the Horde stuck in my hand. <laughs> so I'm just like, non-red source, non-red source, non-red source, non-red source. He plays Magus and I'm like, oh ho. <laughs> How many basics does your Aristocrats deck play? One. Great, good. I play one Swamp. Perfect, good to know. Um, so I had, I think, a couple of creatures in play and Blasting Station. So I I think I marked a damage on... Um, what does Magus Blasting Station do? Blasting Station is... So this is a card that I formerly cut from Aristocrats because I didn't think it was good enough. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> that it's a, it's a worse copy in every, almost every way to uh, Goblin Bombardment. This is a three mana artifact. You have to tap and sacrifice a creature 
uh, to deal one damage to a creature player. And whenever a creature comes into play, you may untap Blasting Station. You have to jump through a lot more hoops to make this work. But it turns out this effect is so stupid in this deck, it's worth playing a crappy version of a like almost broken card. Sure. So I'm using Blasting Station, and a lot of the creatures in my deck leave behind a second body, so you can actually just go like double creature, tap, sack it, get the trigger to untap it. So like I before I do this, <laughs> I tap one of my my non-red sources, float a red. Okay. Kill his Magus. Yeah. Get all my lands back. Float the rest of the colored mana to cast this this uh, butcher of the horde. Nice. It was it was fun. I was like, thanks yeah. for the red mana, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I won that one because I felt like I I think I whatever it, you we yeah. won you won in our hearts here. You won in the spirit. It was spicy. In a situation where you have, for example, um, if Alenda dies and you get all those one one vampires. Mm -hmm. Do you get multiple blasting station triggers yes. that you can respond yes. to yeah. each one? That, yeah. that, I think respond to trigger. Respond to trigger. It was either Alenda or some other effect that came up like that. Because yeah, like no, it was um I needed to get a judge call for this because I had a um uh hanger backwalker with four counters on it. And I was like, I'm gonna respond to each of these enders play trigger on these uh thopters, and I'm gonna shoot each one of them individually. Because I had to Oh god! So I'm going off on a tangent here, but do you know what two cards are really good against me? What? Idolon of the Great Rebel. Okay. That one's like okay. So Idolon, your deck is cheap, so Idolon's going to get you on a lot of things. And is it rampaging? Feroc yeah, oh, that, that rampaging Ferocidon. Oh. Ferocidon. I don't okay. think I can beat that card. Ramp. So this is notably just banned in standard because yeah, yeah. a lot of people Ooh, couldn't ban this card. So, uh. Rampaging Fursona is a brand new card. Yep. Uh, it's two and a red f for a 3-3 three, three with Menace, which is pretty scary. Players can't gain life. That's, That's pretty, pretty bad. Good, yeah. But it's the third line of text that really makes my for the heart aristocrats deck. sink. Uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, Rampaging Ferocidon deals one damage to that creature's <laughs> controller. I had this across the table from me, and in my hand I think was like Bitter Blossom <laughs> and like Promise of Bunray. And I think I, I think I also had like um, sprouting Thrynax and stuff, and I was just like, come on! So you're just like, <laughs> all of a sudden these cards from being like go from being like powerful cards, and now you're looking at them being like, they're just this? like these are all like yeah. lightning axes to my face. Yes. <laughs> Lava axe me. This is like sulfuric vortex me. That's super uh, funny. <laughs> it was just like I have all these effects that make lots and lots of creatures that interacts very well with one for one removal, but I can't beat this stupid dinosaur. All right. Well, let's uh, let's call it here for the day. So, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I don't think we have uh, deck lists to share because they're decks that we wish existed but aren't quite there yet. <laughs> they're but just piles of cards. They're close. They're they're, they're close. Dreams. And we're gonna we're 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 a bunch of uh, of brewers. So we're gonna keep trying to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I actually have a list for mine. I'll I'll, I'll link it. Oh, there you go. I have like a 105 card list for cycling, I'll, I'll link it. Oh my goodness, alright, never mind. Uh, if you check out the YouTube comments below, uh, or in the description part of me, you'll find uh, uh, our latest attempts at these lists and, and however they go. Anyways, thank you as always for watching. Um, thank you for your support, because this episode is brought to you by you over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Uh, without your support, we couldn't do episodes like this or any of the other uh, content Loading Ready Run does, so thank you for that. Uh, and as always, uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>